Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once, it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Cookbook Circle podcast. I'm Victoria and I'm Hannah and simply put we review cookbooks. We take one book for each episode and both cook a couple of dishes then discuss what we liked, more likely what we didn't like and give it a rating out of five. Like all the best recipes it's pretty simple. And if you love what we do we're now on Patreon. This means if you'd like to support us your subscription will help cover the podcast costs from the books themselves, the ingredients of what we cook and in return you'll get some fun stuff. To find out more, visit our website, thecookbookcircle.com, or you can find the link in our show notes. Thanks, friends. Now for the podcast. Morning, Victoria. Good morning, and what a morning. (laughs) (laughs) What day is it, Vic? is Wednesday and Hannah what day does our podcast come out uh, Thursday <laughs> are we having fun with technology yes 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 is this the second time with recording this podcast yes yes yes, yes. I think everyone needs to picture that they're in like a slightly drafty you know venue where they're watching us do this live because <laughs> we're yeah. not gonna have time to edit it but we we didn't want to put something out late or again yeah yeah quite recently (laughs) so you're getting a raw raw cookbook circle the only raw ingredient you'll find on this podcast (laughs) that's not true we should do a raw cookbook no we shouldn't i don't want to do that it's very like mid 2000s sex in the city like (laughs) samantha's latest we'll just we'll just buy a dehydrator and that's how we'll warm things Gross. I've been watching lots of MasterChef the Professionals, by the way, and there's a, an alarming number of people who can't cook a pork chop on there, and it's completely raw in the middle. So if you want to feel better about yourself, maybe have, have a watch of that. I love to feel better about myself by, you know, watching other people's downfalls. So that is... <laughs> maybe I will. <laughs> um... What I have been thinking about recently is it's alarmingly close to christmas have you have you started your christmas shopping by the way oh god 
<laughs> She's got the bells out. Am I, am I Christmas shopping? Absolutely not. No. It's it's really scary. I know it's like 25 days away, but wh- why does everybody else have it done? I don't understand. What's wrong with them? What happened to like a Christmas Eve dash around the shops? <laughs> I don't even like... I feel like, you know, the people in my life that need presents, like, they change a lot. Also, like me. a lot of the people in my life, including my son, uh, have December birthdays. Ugh. So it's not just one present I have to think about. It's at least two. So, um, Gross. yeah. Anyway. Well, I was thinking uh, about foodie gifts and yeah, what, yeah. what some good foodie gifts are if people are looking for inspiration. I think one of my top ones has to be... A microplane, Zester. That's yes. A, that, that, is a, that is a really good gift. Do you know what I learned the other day? Well, do tell. I, actually, I think um, about microplanes. Well, actually, I learned it because I was reading the next book we're doing after this. Ah. Microplane is a brand. Mm-hmm. Not a, I didn't know that. I thought microplane was a, was a type of equipment, but actually it's a, it's a brand of greater... <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was a yeah an emotion. <laughs> the emotion when when you just zest something and it just goes straight through to the to the pith in one swipe. Um, yeah, it's a brand, but you know, every day's a school day, <laughs> isn't it? Um, that's a good. That is a good present. Is the word um, and another one that you actually got me recently was a Nordic wear tin. They're yeah. good tins. They're not cheap. Thanks, Victoria. But they, the, the one Vic got me was like a braided kind of loaf tin. So things like banana bread or like, you know, any kind of lemon loaf or whatever that you want to do, it's going to look really pretty when it comes out of there. And I think what you're actually paying for in a Nordic wear tin is the ability to clean it quite easily and not be like, mm. st- you know, when she gets stuck in like the little ridges, that drives me absolutely fucking nuts. Yeah. Um, and it's not going to rust. No, not like me. Um, so, <laughs> mostly composed of metal. Um, the, yeah, I think those ones are really and you're just never going to buy that for yourself are you like a nordic wear tin so i think that that's a really good one nigella has a beautiful it's one also, they are so what nigella has the most beautiful one it's, it looks like a little like winter castle thing i've seen it in one of her books yes oh hook it up it's one of those ones that you you would never buy for yourself and you wouldn't want someone to buy for you because you're going to use it once a year yeah yeah and it's like 40 quid 50 quid yeah yeah um but they are they are beautiful Beautiful. they are i was i just sometimes i just um browse them on various websites um (laughs) because they're lovely yeah they are um what's the best foodie gift you've ever got um well well you actually bought me something that i use an awful lot and i think this is a good idea for um foodie friends you bought me a couple of years ago uh, a, a Japanese fruit knife. Yes, that's right. It's like a little, a little. It's For like a foldable all your knife. Fruit needs. Um, all my Japanese fruit. Also, talk about Japanese fruit. Um, Asian pears. I love them. Can't get them in this country, and it drives me crazy. What's the difference between a pear and an Asian pear? I don't like normal pears, but I like Asian pears. <laughs> that's that's like everything for you, though. You don't like <clears throat> books, but you like Asian books. You don't like. <clears throat> um they're like 
they taste they're sometimes they're like a cross between an apple and a pear basically they're crunchier they're crispier right um less kind of soggy anyway but that knife is so good it's i use it not just for fruit for onions and everything it's it's so lovely and i don't think it was because knives can be expensive right i don't think it was yeah. like really expensive um, no, it was not. Um, I love it. I think I give. Yeah, I think where did knives, I get? Oh, I got that in no. kitchen provisions, didn't I? Love kitchen provisions. If you're in London or in the UK, uh, go to the kitchen provisions website and shop. They have two in London, and they're just beautiful. They just just don't have to buy anything, but they do have beautiful um, pottery, don't they? They don't have online in the shop. Yes, that's right. It's just a great shop, and they have like lots of like little like stocking filler style things like mandolins and stuff like that which mandolin would be another great gift as long as you have the finger guard thing because <laughs> you yeah. don't want to give I would like a mandolin if anybody's thinking about a Christmas present for me I don't have one and I could do with one you could do that 24 hour potato or whatever it is that Poppy Cooks makes she uses a mandolin yes. for that <laughs> um, I think a dough scraper is another good one another good yeah. gift and on this Christmas... My I'm... dough scraper... Oh, go on. No, sorry. I was just going to say this Christmas I'm asking my family for the Aldi stand mixer thing that comes in pink. Yes. Actually, I think the pink is gone. It's 50 quid and the reviews are really good and it has all the little attachments and I don't have a stand mixer and just think of the world that it will open for me. I can make brioche. Oh, it'll open up, you know, great worlds and also for me when I visit because you'll make... <laughs> cakes and bread and i'll be able to eat them yeah um anyway i also think uh it's my last christmas gift idea um silicone baking mats yes they are good if you have a if you have a baker in your life it's good it's they obviously reusable they're um yeah they're they're great i love them the silpat brand i particularly like um They, they're kind of like a breathable kind of silicon. I think we used them in baking school. I don't know if I mentioned that I, I went to pastry school, but you know. Did you go to pastry school? Yeah. <laughs> here's, that, here's that cordon bleu bell klaxon. Um, but we're not here to talk about cordon bleu. <laughs> Put your bells, bells. away. <laughs> never. Um, no, we're not here to talk about Christmas. Unfortunately, although I could talk about it all day. Um, we might. I picked up just, yeah, we probably will. Uh, I picked up yesterday just to, you know, divert from uh, what we're actually supposed to be talking about. Uh, Christmas at the River Cottage, the book from the library. Ooh. Because they had it and I couldn't resist. Hugh Fernley Witten Stall? Is that he doesn't written it, it's Lucy someone. Oh, I thought he was the River Cottage. But man. She, he's, he's done the foreword, obviously. Right. Um, it's wanky as fuck. I've, I've looked through it yesterday. It's all like, you know, how to make a wreath and how to... Anyway. Oh, anyway, right. We, that kind of... Yeah, course. there is recipes in there, but it's not um, it's not all recipes. Is it like, you know, get your wellies on and go out and forage for some, I don't know, tiny little berry that you can put in one biscuit <laughs> and feel yeah, wholesome. Grow your own produce, yeah. you know? Fuck that shit. Too late um, for that, mate. Christmas in three weeks. Um, <laughs> it's 
too late. I don't think that's what we're here to talk about, though. Once again, no, we need to get back not. on track. Talking about um, we. Anna Jones. Anna Jones. Anna J. Miss Jones. Me, Mrs. Jones. Me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. She is Mrs. Ms. Ms. Jones. Ms. Um. Uh, Anna Jones, a force of nature that I that kind of passed me by as an as an an artiste. <laughs> I remember when everything was all about her. You know, there was a phase I when... remember when. <laughs> I remember when, back in the day, uh, where it seemed like every Instagram post was about kind of some healthy recipe that she had put out into the world. And yeah, like she had, did she have a column in The Guardian and stuff like that? And she was, she was, she's still very, you know, present in our lives, but there was definitely a period when her, her presence was everywhere. I'm welcome. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's definitely, um, she, whenever I think of her, I think of my friend Clara, who we love. Um, we do. You know. Hi, um, hi Clara. And I, ju- I, for some reason, I feel like Clara loved her or, or made a lot of recipes from her. And I, they, t- those two people are in my head together. I feel like they would also get along I've not I've not met Anna Jones, but I have met Clara and I've read these books and I feel like they would get along. So Anna, if you're listening, reach out to my friend Clara who has an uh Instagram <laughs> called Clara, about art. Does Clara like, you know, vegetables? Is she a big She is a vegetarian, yeah. Okay, there you go. You just lump us Clara, all together in your mind, do you? Is it? All us I green do, folk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My favourite Clara story, um this is, wow. I mean, we're really good. And old to here. Clara. <laughs> this is actually the Clara. <laughs> um, was that? So I had my, as you all know. Well, I don't know. Actually, I I got married at Hawksmoor, the steak restaurant. Yes. That was where my uh, reception was for my wedding. You didn't actually and get married Clara... in the restaurant. <laughs> no, but you can. Can you? Just putting yeah. like steaks on your fingers instead of a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> an onion ring on each <laughs> um and clara had not she'd been a vegetarian for a while but anyway she said like right i can't not go to hawksmoor and eat steak so she was like i'm gonna eat i'm gonna be a vegetarian i'm gonna eat steak at your wedding right um and i was like fine so she's on the thing to get steak absolutely fine that sounds great something i would do yeah and then like about a week before the wedding she texted me like, i can't do it <laughs> i can't do it <laughs> can i have the fish or something <laughs> i was like yeah that's fine and it, it just, i love that it's been tormenting messy. her in the run-up to your wedding it was obviously just like yeah. really on her mind yeah I've, I've come to close to those moments before when, when like i don't know i think we were thinking about we were meant to go to bologna before covid hit and my sister, Earth, who's also veggie, yes. was talking about eating mortadella, which is just like the least appealing of the meats to me. Like, I don't, I don't get I it. I think so, yeah. And it's like, do you get Billy Roll here? <laughs> Billy Bear, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the like spammy stuff, it looks like that. I know it's a lot more highbrow than that. And she kept talking about how she was going to eat that on holiday. And I was thinking, no, but like, there's definitely some like prosciutto or something that I would have happily eaten in Bologna. But then I think I would just chicken, when it actually comes to physically putting the, 
the thing in your mouth. <laughs> I don't think yeah. I'll be able to do it. It's too much. Do you think you'd be able to go to Bologna though and not have like a, just a bite of like a lasagna or like a, you know, ragu? Yeah. I think mince is like for me the least appealing in the, the thing I miss mm. the most is, you know, like maybe like a really good fried chicken or like a duck. Yeah, I've said this before. Duck is like, duck is the mm. thing, man. Anyway, sorry. Anyway, Anna Jones. Should I tell you a little bit about Anna Jones? Yes, please. Just apart from that, she would get on with my friend Clara. Just a little bit. (laughs) No, that's it. That's the bio. The thing about Anna is, I just think she'd really get on with Clara. Anyway, onto the book. Um. So she is an author, a chef. A food stylist. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a, a woman of many talents. So I couldn't quite find out what she did before she was a chef. Um, but I did find out that she was unhappy in her day job, whatever that was. And she, I guess she she enjoyed cooking. She liked cooking. This is back in the day. And she decided to apply to Jamie Oliver. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding. Um, Jamie Oliver's 15 program. And if you know anything about me, you know, I don't love Jamie Oliver, but I do appreciate his 15 program where he would take uh, young people who are generally from underrepresented backgrounds mm-hmm. in the food industry, hospitality industry, and ch- train them up as chefs in his 15 restaurant. Um, so Anna Jones got into that uh, and went through that for a, a couple of years, which is great. She, she loved it. Um, Jamie Oliver took a shine to her and um she was one of his faves apparently she would go to his house in Essex and cook for him and her his wife and the kids which is interesting um buddy bear so buddy, after she finished bashy bosh buddy flower yeah. petal daisy poppy <laughs> yeah all of them um <laughs> so after she finished that she staged around in Europe in Italy and possibly in France I read but she didn't love that she wasn't like she decided that I guess Michelin star you know proper chefy you know brigade style yeah chefing was not for her I I get it I get it I don't think I think Michelin star as well must be just so so tough I don't have the precision (laughs) no nor me I'm not a I'm not tidy enough um so she didn't love it. She, I guess it was just hard. She talks about like one night in Italy or something. The accommodation was like shared and some other lady kind of got into bed with her oh in her bed. God. She'd never met her before just because <laughs> that was how they were supposed to sleep. A shared accommodation reaches a whole new level when it's literally someone else yeah. crawling into your bed. That's gross. So exploitative, but yeah. that's for another day. When you're um, charging so him, like fucking you... 200 quid probably for like a side of broccoli and then you can't put your right? stuff in. Oh, gross. And all you're doing like as a, you know, as a, a stage is like, you know, adding garnish or something. <laughs> not even do... <sighs> that tinkle tinkle, anyway. by the way, is me um, pouring myself my third cup of coffee, everybody. <laughs> Buckle in. Uh, 8am. <laughs> it's 8am. <laughs> um, so she came back. She came back to the UK to work for at 15 again and uh, work for Jamie Oliver because uh, she was his babe. Uh, not like that. No. As far as I'm aware. Um, and at when she was back at 15, she yeah. decided... Uh, no, she got the opportunity to write some recipes for BBC Good Food magazine. Oh, nice. 
um, which was cool. And she like really enjoyed that. So yeah. I guess she was like developing the recipes, writing them out. Um, and then on the back of that, she wrote a kids cookbook for Innocent, you know, the smoothie company. Oh yeah, I love Innocent. Great on social media. They're brilliant. Yeah, they they're like yeah, their uh, voice is really good. So she wrote a kids cookbook for them, and then an editor contacted her and was like, "I love your recipes. You should write a cookbook." Ah, oh, we're waiting um, for that call any day now, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe um, we just need to write something down. Oh, Maybe we just talk all the time. <laughs> maybe you have waiting for it, but I've had many. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> this is telling me that you are, in fact, Anna Jones. That is your play. <laughs> what is it called? Surprise, bitches. <laughs> um, but during this time, she had decided to go veggie, yeah. which was not... Uh, she said, I read a thing that said that she, it was like at the, at the height of like when going to St. John and like nose to tail mm. eating and, you know, everyone was eating a lot of meat and eating, you know, very British yeah. St. John style cooking. And, and she, people would be like, oh, are you sure? And like, is that going to ruin your career? Because we were in that situation. And she was Fair. like, no, it just, it makes sense to me not to eat meat. And so, uh, yeah, but then obviously it's done wonders for her because she has obviously made a career out of it so all of her books are vegetarian so she released a modern way to eat which i'm going to be talking about which hannah is going to be talking about that was in 2014 and then the year after she released a modern way to cook uh which nobody's going to be talking about (laughs) nobody's going to be talking well someone might maybe clara (laughs) maybe clara (laughs) Doug's on hand here as well if we need any any backup. And then she did the modern cook's year, so like a seasonal, you know, talking about the obviously the year. And mm. that won the Observer Food Monthly's uh, best new cookbook of the year in 2017. Oh, a bit like our pal Georgina. Georgina H. Yeah, Georgina. Ne- from, from, <laughs> which is Anna J. Georgina H. Okay, yeah, we're all friends <laughs> here. Um, I wonder if that's a bit like Kitchen Diaries then, that modern cook's year. Does yeah. it kind of go through the season or whatever? I be. bet it's similar, yeah. Nice. Um, and then in 2021, she released what the one I'm going to be talking about, which is called One Pot Pan Planet. One PPP. PPP. PPPP, which is a one pan cookbook, all vegetarian and very... Uh, heavily skewed on sustainability, seasonal eating, British food, like British, what's available in the UK. Yeah. Because um, that's where she lives. Uh, so, yeah. And how to just kind of be more sustainable. So that is her. And I feel like, apart from thinking about Clara, and we talked about this, I think, before <laughs> I got the book. Clara, well, you um, better listen to this episode, mate, after we've got the <laughs> Seventh shout out. <laughs> Our guest next week. Um, <laughs> um, uh, so what I was surprised about about my book, one, well, I'll talk about it in detail later, but mm. um, was that the lack of lemons. I feel like the, I feel like Anna Jones and lemons 
are always talked about in the same sentence where yes. she puts lemons in fucking everything. They're everywhere in this book, like literally everywhere, 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 everywhere. Yeah, and I, I did. I read another article with her that said that she was trying to make lemon the third seasoning after salt and pepper. Uh, just <laughs> Thanks to- for clarifying that. <laughs> just letting you all know. Um, yeah, so I thought that was uh, interesting. It that- is. Why, why, why aren't they there? Do you think is there like they a aren't there because it's this like yeah, it's all about sustainability. Right, right, right. It's a food miles thing. She talks about it in the beginning. She's like, there is lemons, and you know, she talks about there are some recipes with lemons, limes, things like coconut milk, um, but they are not grown really in the UK, and so tragically, no coconut so milk is grown don't here. Use them sparingly. Yes. Okay, fair. Well, that does not exist in this book. I think no. Lemon... Do you want to talk about your book? Yeah, I think there's lemon. Lemon is named in the title of two of my recipes, not the third. But I'm pretty sure there was still a lemon present. There was lemon on standby. Um. So yeah, so I have a modern way to eat, which is over 200 satisfying everyday vegetarian it? recipes that will make you feel amazing. So there is like weird bit in the beginning not this weird bit uh, jamie oliver your 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 boy writes the foreword um kind of saying how proud he is of her and stuff but there's um an intro that says that she'd like to make a few promises about the food in this book it's indulgent and delicious it will make you feel good and look good which i just like i don't think we would say now i don't i just don't think well, that's uh you know no, no promises I feel like this is very um of the deliciously Ella time. Yeah. Right? Cure, cure yourself of, you know, everything with some, I don't know, beetroot or whatever, Swiss chard. Um, and, it, you know, then it, it's like, it'll leave you feeling light, yet satisfied, lighten your footprint, quick and easy to make, will cost the earth, impress your family and friends and so on. So she just kind of talks for it's a couple of promises, pages. Anna. A lot of promises. Um, uh, yeah, Things that I try to avoid. And um, she, yeah, just talks about kind of why she became veggie and lighter footprint, and that she's even though she's a cook for a living, she's also pretty impatient. She wants her dinner on the table in less than half an hour most nights. Um, she says that they're easy on the pocket, which they are for the most part. There are some ingredients that I definitely think, especially of the time. Right? When did you say this came out? Like two thousand fourteen. You know, things like yeah. miso and stuff like that, I don't think would have been as widely available then, certainly not outside of London. I think she lives in Hackney as well, right? Like peak, peak yeah. hipster ingredients. But anyway, um, so it's quite a chunky book and there's lots of, it's kind of divided into breakfast and like noodly kind of bits, salads, um, desserts, which are actually really interesting, and then kind of like dressings and like a homemade veg stock and stuff at the back. Mm. What's really nice is are these little guides that kind of break up the sections, and they are like how to build a pesto. So start with a nut base, about 50 grams, and then she names all the nuts that you could use, and then a herb or two. Are you laughing at nuts? <laughs> 
nut base. I was going to say, is that our van name of the week? Nut base. Um, <laughs> a whole nut base. Um, you know, her, her acid cake oil and an accent her flavour. And that stuff like that is just really useful. She has a seasonal guide so spring summer autumn winter all the kind of fruit and veg there did you know the seasons before i i shouted them <laughs> no i didn't actually thank you for letting me know the seasons of salt and pepper have been named and now the, uh, you know, the other seasons have been named as well um, i'm used to living in the uk where there is exactly one season yeah, and it's exactly. great rain. <laughs> Um, also what I love is this vegetable underdogs page and it's kind of the weird she calls it the weird stuff and it's veggies that you wouldn't necessarily know what to do with so like turnips and swede and celeriac and she said she lists what they're good with and how to do them in a salad in a soup then like a, a way to cook them so either roast or mashed or in a coleslaw or like a quick pickle and then like a tip at the end I just think that's great. Yeah, that is good. I mean, you know, I would describe the, all those vegetables she mentions as ugly shit that grows in the ground, right? Like, <laughs> they're very unattractive vegetables. It's brutal. There's definitely like a metaphor here for, you know, people. <laughs> the, the ugly people, the, the ugly ones have the most promise. <laughs> Look, I love a celeriac. I love a turnip. But, um, you know, they look, they're not on a, they're not appealing looks wise. Not, oh, a lot not appealing to peel either. Um, ew. ew. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know. Uh, I don't really like that. I think I've said it before, but Swedes, I just, I always get them in my veg box and I never know what to do with them. You never know. But now I can tell you that you could, they're good with nutmeg, nutmeg, parsley, smoked paprika, caraway blah blah you can mash them she loves smoked paprika does she i do too i do i do yeah, too okay um so, so what did you what did i cook, cook? don't you act all no, coy no, like i didn't eat one or like i didn't make one of these for you i know i ate one of hannah's recipes <laughs> um the from this book from this book <laughs> uh vic came to london last week and I was wondering what to make for dinner and I saw this quick supper thing and decided to make that for her and it was the avocado and lemon zest spaghetti which just struck me as interesting avocado mm. in you know anything and and she cooks it so you do cook it in the pan um basically you just make your pasta a spaghetti um uh with a good pinch of salt, salty as the summer sea, and then you as we know. in the you cook it until perfectly al dente, and then in a separate frying pan you cook off some capers, quite a lot, four tablespoons, and garlic, mm. and you sizzle gently, remove from the heat, and then you add in some lemon zest, of course. Then you add in to the pan herbs. So uh, she says a bunch of fresh basil and a bunch of fresh parsley. She loves a bunch. Georgina loved a bunch too, didn't she? It's, the, it's a vague, vague little description. But anyway, we'll let them off the hook. Um, and then you... De Will we? No, never. Uh, half and de-stone the avocados, of which there are two. And you kind of just crisscross cut them and scoop them into the pan as well. And so... This is the step that I forgot. Before you drain the pasta, you're meant to hold back some pasta water 
oopsies I forgot to do that and then you drain the pasta and you put the pasta in the pan with all your green stuff and the cooking water um or not and a good drizzle of olive oil and then you add your salt pepper lemon lemon juice again and then you serve it I think that I have a slight problem with the seasoning methods in this book it's often like right towards the end and yes um, I agree same with mine like yeah it's a shame it's a shame. It's a mean Nosrat taught us that, you know, when you season is important, you're meant to season as you go. Um, but, yeah, and, and sometimes it's just, in the, one of the other recipes, that there was just not any seasoning, and I, it definitely needed it. And, I mean, we know to season, right? But it's just, like, I think you should prompt people to do it at the right time. Um, but, anyway, yes. this recipe, I did like it. I liked the capers a lot in it quite punchy but I think I have like fundamentally a problem with pastas that don't it's not a, a sauce that like coats all the pasta when it's just yeah. like things around the pasta things like mingling around it I don't know it was nice though it was really nice I have thought about it a lot since I ate it you know and I told Stephen about it and oh. I was gonna get you to text me the recipe because I was like oh I was thinking about like you know you just want something like that sometime, like a, a weeknight. Yeah. Or, you know, you just want to eat like a pasta like that. And, um, yeah, I would, I will take the recipe from you and I will probably make it because I, I thinking about it, I really liked it. Oh, how nice. The gift of time has, has served this well. <laughs> Hindsight. That's yeah. another food you get I mean, for yeah. Christmas. <laughs> for when you're poor in a cost of living crisis. Um, uh yeah i uh yeah yeah i i I liked it i think that would never feature in this book that i'm doing because it's got avocados and lemons yeah but um and i I imagine like your avocados are important you know as ever with avocados you won't get the right star but yeah i liked it. it but it was um it was probably weird for me to cook for you in November, but you know I could get all the, <laughs> I could get all the ingredients. Yeah. I think you know we both went back for a second bowl, which is testament to it. And yes, yeah, it, it was, was Monday loads, night, right? Wasn't it? Was, it would feed a family. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was great. A family of Hannah and I. <laughs> we eat, we eat like a family. Um, <laughs> so that was one which I mm. I did like. Yeah, I think I would probably make mm. that again, like you said. Weeknight. And that's the thing with this, like, this whole book is it's a lot of, like, great, quick weeknight stuff. A bit yeah. similar to kind of Rukmini Eye or whatever. Um, just good everyday recipes. Um, the next thing I made was the pan-dressed noodles with crunchy cabbage and crispy tofu. Um, crunchy, crispy. So this is meant... You need a couple of pans on the go for this one. This is not a one pan planet pop pop pit pop pop poop um but she says you to use a bunch of purple sprouting broccoli which I can never find I can never find that somebody just tell me where I just don't know but I uh, she says to use another it's one of those things that probably comes out in the shops for like four days a year yeah exactly and it costs eight quid. <laughs> Um, but you know, must must be fun. Any purple veg is, is always a novelty. Um, or other green veg. So 
I used uh, green beans. And then, so you cook them first in a boiling water, not too long, so it's not all mushy. And then you remove that, you keep the water on the heat and you drop in your noodles. They're soba noodles, i.e. buckwheat. And you cook them for like six to eight minutes. Um, and then you drain them, run cold water over them to stop them sticking. And then you shred some cabbage. It's meant to be, can you tell I just played fast and loose with the ingredients on this one? It's meant to be a red cabbage, but I used a white one. And you put that in a bowl with salt, rice vinegar, maple syrup, and you scrunch it all together. I, I didn't use maple syrup, I used honey. <laughs> you put it to one side so that it's kind of like pickling on the side while you do the rest. And then in a pan, you cook the tofu. She says to use smoked tofu. Um, she just, I think, just likes the flavour. <laughs> Why are you laughing at smoked tofu? I'm just laughing at, you know, how many modi- modi- modifications you made in this recipe. <laughs> I can't be asked by, like, a whole thing of maple syrup just to use two tablespoons no, of it or whatever. maple syrup was incredibly expensive. Yeah, and there was no red cabbages and there was no purple... You know, I think Anna would approve. I think she would want me to be agile and versatile and, you know free <laughs> um yeah uh yeah so you fry the, t- the tofu till it's crispy and then you toss in some sesame seeds to coat that and then you put a little oil in the pan and you add in spring onions cook them for a few minutes uh, oh you take the tofu out before you do that sorry and then you put in the spring onions and then some vinegar and maple syrup alongside sesame oil, soy sauce and lemon juice, ding, ding, ding. And you kind of cut that, cook that until it like thickens up to a nice kind of, you know, soupy, sweet, warm dressing. And then you put the noodles into that pan so that you stir, stir them, cook them around in the, the dressing. And you then serve it with a handful of the pickled cabbage, half the tofu and your green beans or broccoli or whatever and some sesame seeds. So it's just like a little kind of noodle bowl. And yeah, lovely. It was really nice. I think I'm not a big fan of um, buckwheat or of soba noodles. I think they're a bit stinky. Mm. I don't know. They're quite a strong flavour. I don't know if I love them. I love them, but they do taste like the earth, you know, like they're, yeah. they're very earthy. Yeah, I don't know if I'm earthy enough for them. I'm too, you know, of another world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, I didn't, I don't. But in itself, it was just like, you know, like a very like Instagrammable bowl of healthy, you know, mm. shit. That, that That's the kind of stuff that I think was everywhere when she first mm. came out. But again, it was great. It, yeah, the only thing I would say is like a lot of pans on the go. Um but yeah a nice little supper as well i would definitely make that and i think you can play around with that right like the the idea is that you have Clearly. a noodle <laughs> what is wrong with you your mind's in the gutter this morning <laughs> what? what no i was just saying that you can play around with it like you you did <laughs> oh <laughs> okay my mind's in the gutter this morning yeah. i don't know what i don't know what i don't know what i took from that but um you know, the, the kind of components of noodle, protein, pickled veg, and a nice dressing. Yeah, I think that's quite versatile, and I took it as such. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And then the last thing that I made was the lemony lentil and crispy kale soup just yawning don't worry about me yeah um it's failing we've lost her <laughs> are you guys still with I've, us I've, I've, look alive <laughs> i've only had one coffee i don't have a i don't have a cafetiere full <laughs> a um, mistake anyway lentilies lentilies this is it looks very lovely because it's very vibrant yellow because you use turmeric and did you uh, use turmeric or did you use <laughs> how dare you i did use turmeric um it's a bit like a dal this soup which she does say um uh so basically you get a pan on the heat add some oil add a leek freak a leek fry for a few minutes until it's softened and then you add in these spices so it's turmeric which i use i use all of the correct spices turmeric ground (laughs) cumin and black mustard seeds and then you squeeze in the juice of a lemon (laughs) Of course. Oh, yeah. And you stir around after the spices have cooked for a little bit. And then you stir around the juice of the lemon to lift all the spices from the bottom of the pan. And you add in some lentils then, 1.5 litres of water. Um, and they're split red lentils. 1.5 litres of water and a stock cube. And you let that all kind of bubble away for 20 to 35 minutes until the lentils are cooked and the soup has thickened. Then she says you can blitz it to a thin dial consistency, which I did with like a stick blender. And then you squeeze in the juice of the remaining two lemons. That's two whole lemon juices. (laughs) Two whole juices. Um, (laughs) Tasting as you go to make sure it doesn't get too lemony. I I don't know. I don't know what is too lemony, but I put in the, the juice of two and um then just before you serve the soup you saute the kale in a little olive oil until it slightly softens but begins to crisp at the edges and that's quite a fun little garnish so then you just put your soup into the bowls you top it with some yogurt uh this is optional stirred with a little sea salt and the kale and it looks very lovely because it's, yeah, the nice yellow soup, the green kale. It looks very healthy. Yeah, sounds very, like, warming. Yes, it was great. It was very, it was very warming and it was very, yeah, dal-like, obviously. Um, but, you know, that's really filling and a really nice winter supper. I think the crispy kale was a nice addition. And the lemon really came through, obviously. I would never normally put lemon in a dal, but it was um, quite a nice addition. So, yeah, I feel like I've gotten, I've added to my arsenal of weeknight healthy suppers yeah. with this one. Um, Which I think she would be happy about, right? I hope so, Anna. I hope I make you happy. Um, <laughs> but the the things I would like to make are, are mostly in the dessert section. There's like a pistachio and elderflower cordial cake, which sounds great. Mm. 
salted caramel crack brownies. God, used that overused that crack word quite a lot that time, I think. Muscovado chocolate chip cookies that you turn into ice cream sandwiches. Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, apple molasses cake with honey icing. A lot of good, uh, good looking desserts in here. Um, so yeah, they. I think I, I think I will definitely use this again. I think it's um, quite a handy little guide to nice. to seasonality. But yeah, that's yeah. a modern way to eat. What about cool one ppp? A sailor went one ppp. One pot plan no one <laughs> pot pan planet yeah pot, yeah okay get it wrong every time so this book i will um storm through this because we uh are storming through um uh this book is it's it's obviously based on the pot it's it's all one pot stuff nice one pot which well, she she splits into like pot tray pan there are some desserts in there so there's some things you fry some things you put in the oven some, mm. yeah etc um it's it's entirely focused on being kind of more sustainable less wasteful eating locally etc uh, etc et nice. which is really nice it was so it's post pandemic or she wrote it during the pandemic so there's a couple of um references to that uh and it's yeah so she spits it into pot pan tray and quick mm. so a pot is on the stovetop pan is in the oven pan is in the no pan is fried yeah so it's like pancakes things like that tray is in the oven and quick is all of them are still uh, in there and then it's interspersed with bits of like a bit like what you said right these like pages where she talks about how to live more sustainably like how to reduce your plastic waste oh, and nice. how to um use like the whole vegetable or, or you know things like that which Nose i really like but then vegetables. Nose detail vegetables. Nice. um uh but what i really like is that she's these um pages where she focuses on a vegetable like common ones not like the weird ones that you had but like carrots peas potatoes yeah and then there's like 10 she calls like 10 ways with carrots and they're like one paragraph little recipes that i guess if you've got a glut of carrots or they come in your veg box or whatever you can make something fun and there's not a whole recipe dedicated to it but um you know it's just, just a like way to quicker. think about carrots yeah yeah i love a way to think about carrots <laughs> i Me think too. about them a lot. i think about them a lot <laughs> jigs <laughs> um uh, but then yeah the rest are lovely recipes with nice photos and very very anna jonesy but like i said less lemons yeah uh, less kind of uh ingredients that have to travel mm-hmm more seasonal things um so the first thing i made i made two things the first thing i made is very similar actually well sounds kind of similar to your dal soup your oh soup. yeah um it was baked dal with tamarind glazed sweet potato baked dal baked yeah oh do you tell yeah it's very simple but i it's cool that it's baked i've not baked a dal before but it's yeah. very fun so it's uh you kind of so what you do is you cook the onion these onions ginger and garlic she absolutely loves a thumb-sized piece of ginger in my book every recipe has a thumb-sized piece of ginger (laughs) um 
But, I mean, I think that's a valid uh, measurement tool, you know? I don't know. Yes. If someone says, like, an inch of ginger or whatever, I don't know what that is. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think it's good. This one calls for a large thumb-sized piece of ginger. Right. uh... That would be my thumb, then, as opposed to yours. (laughs) You said it, not me. Um, So, yes, you add... You cook up some onions, ginger and garlic, soften those up. And then you add like the, um, the spices, which include mm. 10 cardamom pods, which annoyingly you have to like crack open and then grind the seeds of the 10 cardamom pods. That. That's fucking annoying. Yeah. Got no time for that, really. Blitz them. Um, Blitz them in a coffee bean blender. That's the best tip I learned from my... That is a good tip. Chefy times. Coffee bean blender, another good gift for the Christmas well. Yeah. Um, and also people who do drugs, right? They, that's what they <laughs> It's it? like people use coffee blenders. Yeah. Anyway, um, I wouldn't know, obviously. Uh, <laughs> no, you wouldn't. But I'm just... I mean, I'm, I'm, what are they blending in there? Like bean... Weed, I think. Oh, right, okay. Blending, but like grinding. Gotcha. Is it? I don't know. Oh, no, I don't know. Um, anyway, this is very off piste. Um, so you've got your, <laughs> you've got your spices, which are yes, cumin seeds, your cardamom, turmeric, chili flakes, and then you add lentils, red lentils, um, and various liquids into this. So you've got. <laughs> a tin of tomatoes yeah uh you've got 450 mils of stock and a tin of coconut milk oh wow many things it's a lot of liquid yeah um so you kind of just put all that in together very simple very you know looks lovely smells lovely mm-hmm. again like that nice like orangey vibe and then you are supposed to like cut sweet potatoes um slice them about five millimeters thick and this is why i need a mandolin because i had the kind of sweet potatoes that are very long and thin mm. and cutting them into thin slices is incredibly difficult yeah uh, and maybe i did cut my finger but we don't talk about that um not and then you sweet lay those now <laughs> exactly <laughs> hope you like my blood in your doll um <laughs> So you lay those on the top, you kind of, you season them, um, which is the first seasoning that comes up in this recipe. Right. Uh, you season them and then you, you lay them on top of your dal as it's like simmering away on the, on the, on the stove top. Right. And you brush the top with tamarind paste. Oh. So it's got this like, it's like a pie. It's got this like lid. Yes of tamarind sweet potatoes and then it goes into the oven for like 30 to 40 minutes um and it bakes until like the the dal is much more kind of thick yeah and you've got like a crispy top oh nice um yeah looks great yeah. as it's cooking um i didn't slice my sweet potatoes thin enough and mm. probably didn't add enough tamarind paste to them and so they weren't crispy enough as I would have liked them. Right. But they were still nice. They were still cooked and nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in her picture, they're very kind of like, they're curled up at the ends and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Probably um, the, like contrast it, and the texture of like the crispy and the soft would be nice. Yes, gotcha. exactly. Um, it was nice. It was really, it was good. It was very 
it was a doll mm. it's got those classic kind of warming flavors i like the sweet potato top but i love sweet potatoes so i think i would have liked it no matter what i feel like i like i said i could have put more tamarind in mm. um because i like that like it smells Tiny. so nice and it and it tastes lovely but um I feel it didn't come through enough, yeah. but maybe again that was my fault. Um, it's all your fault. Yeah, I added some hot sauce to it because even though it has chili in it, I was like, I, it needs a bit of a kick for me. But I think I'm just on a bit of hot sauce grind at the moment. <laughs> hot sauce grind is our bad name of the week. But I also added a lot of hot sauce to that noodle, the cabbagey noodle thing, because mm. it was just that was the one thing that was missing was the heat. There wasn't any chili or anything in there. So I yeah. lashed on some. And you need that. Yeah, you do. We're hot sauce girlies. What can we say? Hot sauce girls. Uh, that um, sounds good. So, go, that sounds good. That sounds, that so sounds good. good. <laughs> it was nice. It was, um, it reminded me very much of the Ottolenghi doll that I made for the first ever podcast of this. Yes. And that I made for a supper club. Yeah. Very, very similar to that um, flavor and texture and everything wise, which, you know, that's a hit. Yeah, true. I mean, how much vari- variation is there in dolls, really, anyway? It's, it's often, yeah, know, a dolls, a dolls, a lot, a doll. A dolls, a dolls, a doll. Um, but I liked it. I probably would make some kind of variation, again, like, of it again. But I liked the, the bait. I liked that it was baked. You kind of just left it in the oven. Yeah. And it did its thing and, and, and kind of, you know, cooked all the lentils and stuff, which was good. And, you know, having a little part. It would be good to serve as, like, a... Centerpiece kind of thing. Yeah. Easy, cheap centerpiece for your veggie friends. Nice. Clara? Um, Clara would love it. (laughs) (laughs) Clara, when I see you next, I'll make this food. (laughs) Um, And then the second thing I made was possibly a little left left field for me. I don't know what you think. It was aubergine and peanut stew with... (gasps) pink onions Ooh, i love a peanut yeah that we is love a peanut that is a bit left field for you actually i think a stew is not something i would usually make do you want to but, talk about your friend's um... stew for a bit now <laughs> <laughs> uh no <laughs> shout out to you stew she you're great you. i don't think you listen to the podcast um <laughs> but i think your wife uh toria does so hi toria uh, <laughs> um sounds good though i'm Clara and Stu, my two friends who uh <laughs> have boats they, clara lives on a boat and Stu lived on a boat for a while yeah. wow good number. good number wow this is so annoying for everyone who doesn't know clara <laughs> I think just talking like talking about these people that no one knows. I'm gonna tag Clara's Instagram on when we put this out because she's a lovely little art Instagram, and you should all go follow. Her. <laughs> anyway, back to Stu. God. Okay, so it is. Uh, you need 150 grams of unsalted red-skinned peanuts, which I was worried that I wasn't gonna find, but I found them fine. Yeah. Uh, in the kind of African section of my supermarket. Nice. That was good. And you soak those in 500 mils of boiling water for as long as, you know, until you make the stew. So I kind of did that in the afternoon. So that was fun. Um, Aubergines, onions, coriander, smoked paprika, pepper, bay leaves, a a small bunch of coriander. There you go. 
bunch. don't know what that means. Yeah. You have to chop the stalks but leave the leave the leaves whole. All right. Uh, tin of tomatoes again. Tomato puree, Scotch bonnet, vegetable stock, and peanut butter, and then you make the pink onions, which we'll talk about. So <clears throat> the most annoying thing about this is you she wants you to so it's two aubergines yeah you have to chop them and she then she wants you in your pan to dry fry them until ah. they're charred ah which smoky oh yeah real smoky uh and long because mm. that takes a long time and you know my pan needed a dishwasher tablet in it afterwards because you're just burning the bottom of your pan yeah. um so, yeah, that was weird, and I kind of yeah, she wants them to be charred. So you do that. Surely you could you grill them either, right? Yeah, I guess I she know. just wants them all to be charred. Anyway, you know, it's nice. <laughs> uh, Mum, is it? I don't know. So you do that, and then you um, add all your aubergine back. Then you add some oil uh, and cook it a bit more, and then you add the um, onion, fry, fry, fry. Uh, and then it's the spices, which I didn't have to crack open any pods for this one, so that was good. Spices and coriander stalks, which I love. I, I do, you know, I feel I've really come around to coriander, but stalks in particular in cooking is really nice. And then yeah. chopped tomatoes and the tomato puree. So a tin of chopped tomatoes and three tablespoons of tomato puree. Ooh. I'm going to come back to this <laughs> just to remember that. Okay. Remember how much tomato-y taste okay. you're adding in there. Uh, scotch bonnet and vegetable stock. Oh, scotch bonnet. And the peanuts, you kind of add them all in, and then you just kind of simmer it over a medium heat for 10 to 15 minutes until you have a thick sauce, until it's like a stew. It's just so it's on a stovetop. You don't have to bake it or anything um, in the oven. So while you're doing that, you kind of make this the quick pickle which she seems to love so yeah. it's red onions caster sugar and red wine vinegar nice mixy 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 add some of the scotch bonnet and some Ooh. coriander right yeah hot nice um which is all very well i thought that it was too spicy actually at the end but i went and ate it the next few days the the pickles and it was actually fine i think it was just too much fresh scotch bonnet right yeah and then when the stew is ready, you add in three tablespoons of peanut butter. Ooh, love that. Which is nice because it does add that peanut-y taste. I feel like the, the peanuts on their own, they add that like bite. Yes. But um, the peanut butter really adds that like peanut-y taste, yeah. which it needed, I think. Yeah. Um, then you drain the liquid from your pickled onions okay and you add that in oh a tablespoon at a time till she says until it re- is the right level of acidity Oof, tart i imagine that is tart <laughs> On- yeah onion-y. and do you remember those tomatoes yeah there's a lot of tomatoes uh, and no sugar right okay so you you season it at the end no seasoning till then at that point um yeah, so just yeah, you're adding the peanut butter and the thing. So then you serve it um, all well and good with the things on top. Um, and it was it was nice. Yeah, it was just I think it, the the flavors for me weren't quite 
balanced, I think. Right. Um, you could taste a lot of that, especially when you have the pink onions on top. Yeah. We served it with rice. Um, you could taste the acidity of the, the pickle juice, mm-hmm. and you've got, like, yeah, those tomatoes, onions, the aubergine. Lovely. Like, nice. Yeah. But I think it just needed something to offset all of that sourness. Yeah. Which maybe the peanut butter is meant to do in theory but doesn't quite carry it off do you think yeah it's not enough yeah and she you know she doesn't say what kind of peanut butter but you know i only have the best in my house obviously (laughs) um so yeah i liked it and i i tried it i ate it a couple days after you know because there's loads Mm. um and it didn't i thought maybe it would enhance in the flip but it was it was fine i think something I I felt at the end of doing this book is that I think I need a break from like one pan stuff. <laughs> I feel like a lot of the one pan stuff that we've done for recent books is quite samey. Like the textures are the same, especially yes. when you're looking at like not pastory stuff, but like, you know, the textures are very same and I love a crunch and yeah. I feel like I need that kind of different textures and you don't really get that when you're just making like a stew it's why yeah. i would never buy a slow cooker yeah i was I feel just like gonna just... say yeah mushy mush mushy mush mm. mushy mush but um i'm glad i made it i like aubergines i like peanuts so i'm glad i did it and it was uh it was interesting and a different a different thing to eat for dinner yeah i'm not sure i'd make it again but mm. uh i liked it interesting fine was there anything else in the book that kind of caught your eye that you thought you might want to make yeah quite a lot the one thing i was torn between making and i maybe should have made and said was that she's got a sag aloo shepherd's pie Ooh, that's interesting but it's obviously not lamb it's um beans oh Um, so and then with like a cauliflower spinach and potato you know spiced top which you bake in the oven so i might go back and make that because it looks great that sounds nice I'm down. And then dessert's nice. It's like an almond butter brownie. Ooh, like your favourite Pret cookie. Ah, almond butter and dark My favourite Pret cookie. Pret. Pret, oh, I love that cookie. I, um, they have the recipe on the website and I should go and make those. You should. Uh, should we rate? We should rate. Let's rate out of the things that we normally rate out of. They are. <laughs> <laughs> Usability and accessibility. That's one. Ooh, that's sorry. one. Dogs, my dog's licking me. Um, usability <laughs> and accessibility. That's one. Um, ingredients used. How easy are they to find? Uh, aesthetics. Is it pretty? Yeah. There are lots of photos. Vic likes a photo <laughs> per recipe. Uh, I do. Veggie friendliness. It speaks for itself. Yep. And inspirability. And for each book or chef, we rate out of something different based on something that comes up again and again and again. So we're going to go for two slightly different ones based on these two different books. I'm going to rate out of lemons because, like we said, they're everywhere. And you must eat so many lemons because you are so bitter. bitter. And Vic's going to rate out of... Thumb-sized pieces of ginger. Yay! So, for my for a modern way to eat, I am going to give usability and accessibility one lemon for sure because it's all very doable and quick and nice. 
For ingredients used, I'm going to give it half because I feel like there was some bits in, like purple sprouting broccoli or whatever. I know she says to sub in another veg, but you know, you might be a bit lost as to what to sub in mm. or, you know, those kind of, I don't know. There was definitely like miso and shit in there that would, might be a bit harder to get or, you know, saffron and stuff like that, that I just don't think, uh, you know, outside of your, your average Joe supermarket might not have. Uh, so that's a half. Aesthetics, I'm going to give it one. I think it looks nice. There's lots of photos. It's, yeah, it's very like clean and white and colourful. Yeah. The photos are nice and colourful. Um, veggie friendliness, of course. I mean, there's no, there's no meat in here, so that gets a point. And inspirability, <laughs> I'm just going to give it half. But I think, you know, that's not to do it a disservice. It's just that, you know, similar to the... To really ire, like I said, it, it's just, it's hard to be very inspired by a lot of weeknight suppers, right? They don't, but, yeah. but they still have a place and we still need them. Or you just might not be blown away. So for that reason, I'm giving it, for that reason, <laughs> I'm giving it four out of five lemons. Lemons. Over to you, Vic. Great. What are you giving? Um, so I... One PPP fairly similar so it's one pot pan planet well i'm gonna get that right at some point um so usability and accessibility that's one that gets one thumb sized piece of ginger it's very easy straightforward yeah you know no, i had no trouble with anything it's obviously like obviously one pound stuff so it's great um ingredients used it gets another thumb sized piece of ginger because it's all very available yeah produce that's the point in right? the uk care yes yeah. exactly um aesthetics i'm only giving it half because Ooh. it it does have lots of lovely pictures but then it's also interspersed with these like moody pictures of her oh, really like, in her house like like looking over her shoulder or whatever like it's a bit, a bit like i don't know what the what the design choice for that is That's but like weird. you know i'm happy to see her face but yeah i don't need to you know yeah um <laughs> veggie friendly yeah obviously it's all vegetarian mostly vegan i think and inspirability again I, same as you i'm giving it half because it's it's not to say that it's a bad book I, i'm not not inspired but i don't think it's gonna come and like i said and it might be about me rather than the book because yeah. like, i feel like i'm i'm kind of done with that yeah mushy for mush. now with one pan cooking um with mushy mush I, i'm a texture lady texture um queen. so yeah four four thumb sized pieces of ginger out of five same seas for me okay nice yeah if they're, they're um, good they're good stock shelf pieces right like yeah um yeah next next up is one pan <laughs> Dessert? No. <laughs> I don't, you don't. Next. It's a baking book. It's another baking book. We, and another Bon App person, right? Oh, Bon App. That's She's what the cool on, kids you know, call it. I am not a cool kid. I will call it Bon Appetit. Uh, <laughs> wow. Um, uh, yes, another Bon Appetit alum. No, is she still there? Don't know. Don't know. The much requested, I would say, this one has come from our nice listeners. Incredibly highly requested uh claire saffitz oh i thought we were just going to keep you know saying things about it not actually naming <laughs> <laughs> baking queen 
sometimes, you know, does a video on YouTube about how to make something. <laughs> yes, Claire Safford and Dessert Person is our next book. Yes. I'm excited. It's it's a beautiful book. Yours arrived. It has. The cover is lovely. It's kind of like a blood orange. It's big, isn't it? Yeah. It's, um, yeah, there's a lot. I'm going to have to, going to have to get on it this weekend get get doing some sweet mm, stuff too. so it's hard with the sweet stuff because you have to give a lot of it away right you just can't can't eat it all sadly but um unless Do you have to yeah no you don't have to i want to get that small batch bakes by ed kimber by the way for this exact reason you don't have to give it away then you can just make it a... i'm just gonna buy you that thanks for christmas i think thank you cool um can't wait for claire Hashtag yes, I'm excited. Our third baking book of the season. So, yeah, and like I said, much requested. So, Claire, we're coming for you. Clara, we'll you know. we're going to leave you behind. <laughs> yeah, we're going to stop talking about you now. <laughs> thank you for listening um, to our... Thank you for listening. We're sorry about this weird live, you know, unedited. <laughs> I don't think there's anything to be sorry for. You know, this is, this is us. This is... This is the real us, the real Victoria. Peek behind the curtain. Wow. <laughs> you always say peek behind the curtain. Do I? <laughs> anyway, thank you for um, listening. We love you. We love you. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Cookbook Circle. If you enjoyed it, please do subscribe and leave us a review as it helps others to find us. You can see how recipes from this episode turned out on our Instagram at Cookbook Circle. And if you make anything from the books we talk about, don't forget to tag us. See you next time. Bye! Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.